0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavoured Snapple near you. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book. This is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. the Pregnancy Wellness Podcast hosted by me Pip, a practicing midwife who is on a mission to provide you with real evidence-based information about pregnancy, birth and the postpartum. Each episode I'll be joined by special guests and leading experts to equip you with all the information you need for an empowered journey from conception right through to motherhood. So with no further ado, Let's make a cuppa and get started with today's episode. Pregnancy and the postpartum can be a very anxiety-provoking time. Add into that the global pandemic, self-isolation, and a huge amount of uncertainty on future lockdowns and prospects, and we find ourselves amidst a challenging time, to say the least. Equipping ourselves with mindfulness tools and techniques can be game-changing in helping us to manage our daily stresses and anxieties. I was, like many, a mindfulness sceptic until I actually tried it and realised that it's not all about chanting and crystal balls as it's often portrayed. By all means, chant away if that's what works for you, but for so many, it can be a powerful way of focusing our minds and bodies on the present breathing and relaxing into a calm state that enables us to take on the day in a positive way. On this week's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Rachel Quickenden, a qualified hypnobirthing practitioner from Kent and a mum of her two boys. Rachel found hypnobirthing after the birth of her first son. Her birth was relatively straightforward and she felt reasonably prepared but there had been various pieces of intervention which she didn't feel entirely happy about. She hadn't felt entirely heard or respected by her caregivers. Giving birth made Rachel realise the importance of a mother's birth story to her. It has carried with her for the rest of her life. Rachel was also shocked to hear so many negative birth stories from new mums that she met and spoke to. And she believes that women deserve more. To feel confident calm and in control and to be respected and heard by their caregivers rachel shared the skepticism that many people feel about hypnobirthing before she learned about it she was amazed to find out how logical and scientific it actually is and how mindset is so fundamental to the way that a woman's body labors physically rachel trained and qualified with kg hypnobirthing and then set up Strong Like Mama to teach a full antenatal and hypnobirthing course to expectant couples. Rachel wants women to go through pregnancy and birth feeling truly confident and informed. And to like they, like they are the ones in charge of what happens to their body and their baby, which of course they absolutely are. Women should feel empowered and frankly a little bit like a superhero after birthing a baby. Rachel teaches both group and private courses and offers face-to-face and Zoom classes too. On this episode, Rachel and I discuss how many of the tools used in hypnobirthing can transform into everyday life and assist us to live in a more mindful and present way. And at the end of this episode, I am super excited that Rachel will also be sharing a short relaxation practice. So join us and give it a go in the comfort of your own home to see how you feel afterwards. So welcome, Rachel, and thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on, Rachel. And and just hearing about your backstory and what brought you to hypnobirthing, I think will resonate with so many women um, and their partners, especially given the the current times. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so it's been a journey for me as as much as anyone else. Um, But yeah, I just I feel really strongly about birthing. I think it's a real game changer. And I've seen the effect it had on me. And I've seen the changes it's had in my clients as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think now more than ever, Rachel, and I'm sure you agree, we can see how the benefits of the principles in hypnobirthing can actually extend so much further into our lives and aren't just for the the birth journey themselves and actually can be helpful in managing
1: all sorts. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: So, Rich, I wonder if you could just um, introduce to us really some of the tools that you might use in hypnobirthing practices um, and the things that you teach the couples that you work with and how we can try and utilise that in our our day-to-day life to deal with some of the massive stress and pressure that lots of people are under nowadays
1: yeah of course um so i essentially give my couples a toolbox i give them lots of different techniques that they can try out and then it's about them going away and finding what works for them um i think what's really important with all these things is that uh not everything is suited to everyone some things will really click for you and some things just won't and there's no point forcing what what you don't get on with so um One of the key things that we start with is relaxations, which obviously we'll do one at the end. Um, Really simple. There is nothing to be learned. There's nothing to be doing. It's simply finding a really quiet, comfy space to relax and listening to a guided relaxation. Obviously, in the context of my teaching, it is pregnancy and birth related. It's all positive language about um, your body and your ability to give birth, your ability to stay calm and to cope um, with whatever birth scenario um, you are faced with. And it's really about just physically relaxing, but also learning to mentally relax because course it's not the same as chilling out on the sofa in the evening because we're quite often we are processing what's happened that day we're thinking about what we need to be doing the next day and whilst we are on the face of it relaxing mentally we are still very busy um and so relaxations give us that time to just uh try and focus on your breathing slowing down thinking about the words in the relaxation um affirmations are another thing that we use so i think this is one of the things that people sometimes struggle with the most or sort of i found them a bit weird when i you know first started birthing um but they are used in lots of different industries so sports psychology uh business mindset work lots of different areas um just positive statements which sort of reframe how you look at things and therefore how you approach things in your life and how you respond to different scenarios life Um, so that is another classic one about if you find some affirmations that really sort of speak to you and connect with you then they can be really powerful and then it's up to you how you use them sort of every day in your life whether you read them or write them or just sort of have them up on post-its around the house or whatever it might be that that works for you Um, visualizations again i think that you can take this to different degrees some people love some visualization particularly in relation to birth and what their bodies are doing and their you know how their baby might be moving and responding in birth um for me one really simple thing which i like to do and this is not even birth related as well this can be um outside of a birth scenario or pregnancy scenario um is going off to my happy place So I think most people have a happy place that they like to think of, a time when they felt really relaxed, really calm, just everything was really straightforward and happy and simple. Um, And so I know for me, mine was, I went on, on holiday with my husband a few years back and we went to the Florida Keys and I fell asleep in a hammock by the sea. And when I woke up, I was just like, oh, my God, that was the best nap I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so, um, so my happy place is I, I just think about I go back there and I think, how did I feel? What could I hear? What could I see? What could I smell? I try and take in all of that detail and you you just start picking up on that feeling. You start relaxing and feeling calmer and, and a bit bit more relaxed about everything so I really encourage people to think about what their happy place is where it is and and really think about the detail of it
0: I love that it's probably as close as we're going to get to a holiday as well at the moment isn't it Well, exactly we want imagination (laughs) right now (laughs) that would be brilliant I mean falling asleep on a hammock in sounds like the ultimate relaxed
1: state to be in I love it (laughs) um and then of course we do a lot of talking about oxytocin because we know it's you know it's key to to labor and birth um and so thinking about all the ingredients that we would need in a birthing scenario to to create oxytocin but also all of that can be extended out of a birthing scenario everybody has oxytocin in them we all need it whether we are Adults, babies, male, female, elderly, whatever it is, um, we all need oxytocin. It's really, it's, it's the known as the hormone of love, but actually it's the hormone of life as well. Um, and so thinking about um, all the things that we can do to encourage that oxytocin, that feel-good hormone. Um, whether it is making love, um, whether it is um, touch, kissing, cuddling, that's all really powerful. Feeling safe, feeling private, really sort of getting snuggled up somewhere sort of quite quite quiet, quite warm, quite dark, that dim lighting, feel good music, all those sorts of feel good things that really help that oxytocin production. So um, so that's something that I think really just helps you generally that it's the stuff that we naturally seek out without realising it.
0: I love that. So when we think about in a in a get birth scenario, and I'm sure you teach it to your couples in your in your courses, when we talk about creating that positive birth environment, which is really oxytocin promoting to assist with labour and birth, but actually, if we're feeling really anxious in ourselves because of something else, so that might be the current global pandemic or something going on in your life that feels stressful and slightly out of control to you, creating that positive environment. It's kind of similar, isn't it? In that you want your dim lighting, you want those nice smells, you want that comfort, that, that sort of nice blanket or whatever makes you feel safe and secure. So actually a lot of these things that we adopt for a birth environment, we can actually adopt just for a nice oxytocin promoting environment at home when things feel a little
1: bit stressful. Absolutely. And you know the obvious one is, oh, I really need a hug right now. A hug is just like, it's really powerful. It's something that we would naturally seek out when we're upset and that is a big oxytocin promoter, um, so that's a classic one.
0: Definitely, definitely. So for people that are, are lucky enough to live at home with people that can give them a hug, exactly. you're, you're brilliant. For those that, I guess, are, are living alone at the moment or don't have a social bubble that can facilitate that, that's definitely a challenge, and that's where looking maybe at things like your comfort blanket and feeling secure in other ways can be so so important Mm. I um I read something on social media a couple of days ago that said how trying to differentiate with between the idea of being alone and being lonely for those people that are living at home at the moment can be um, really important actually to try and to try and work out when you're when you're alone but that's okay and you feel comfortable and happy with it and when you're actually feeling lonely and maybe you do need to speak to someone on on facetime or whatever and actually even that
1: kind of connection can can provoke some of that oxytocin that's right so even when you've got that physical isolation you can still have that emotional connection you don't have to be emotionally isolated as well
0: and that is so important isn't it as humans we're not meant to live in solitude like we're meant to have that support and that connection with with other human beings so it's so important we we make sure we get that Mm. Absolutely. For sure and I love a um good quote or affirmation Rachel I'm guilty I love it I love it and but you're totally right in that some things strike with you and, and others just don't so it's exploring isn't it not that the same the same affirmation isn't going to resonate with every single couple no. um, so it's,
1: it's exploring those isn't it and finding what works for you absolutely and also um, I might give tools to people so that they can write their own so if people have a particular worry or concern or something that's particularly bothering them then then being able to flip it on its head and write your own affirmation to deal with that can be really powerful and you know it might be that you only find two or three affirmations that you find helpful but they can be real game changers if you've got one that you you know is your really your favorite to have in your head or to say to yourself during labor for instance then that can be really helpful um and and clearly the same in other scenarios it's just about tapping into what connects with you
0: I love that. That's a really nice little um, idea that we could probably all benefit from, I suppose, if we wrote down maybe three or five things that were our major life concerns or anxieties at that time, and then actually find something that puts that into perspective or um, kind of helps us to manage that. That's, that's a really nice way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We could definitely all benefit
1: benefit from that at the moment. Mm, I know, I know. I think we struggle to try, keep it down to three or five.
0: <laughs> true.
1: it could take us all week, but I'm sure <laughs> there'll be a quote out there that
0: balances it. <laughs> it's amazing. And so when we when we look at the the kind of tools I suppose that that you provide in your hypnobirthing courses, Rachel. Is there, I guess, when we look at that kind of relaxation of the mind and the body, it's, it's very much physical and mental, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and provoking that kind of mind and body connection. Um, and how do you how do you focus, I suppose, on both those things? Because like we kind of alluded to, you can feel physically relaxed, that's on the sofa, but actually mentally, you're still going 100 miles an hour. And I suspect for lots of mums or expectant mums in life at the moment, that's exactly where their minds are at.
1: Mm, yeah absolutely um and i think it's really important that you have to appreciate that the mind and the body are completely connected so what we know there are so many examples that um that I I chat about with my clients about where what we feed into the mind affects us physically so I mean I can give you a couple straight off if you think about if someone says something that embarrasses you you physically flush you blush in your cheeks um so that's an involuntary response that your body is doing because of what you're thinking mentally um similarly if you're nervous about you know a job interview or an appointment you've got you you get butterflies in your tummy that's a physical feeling so it's 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 obvious that by you know doing the work mentally you are affecting you, yourself physically um and vice versa as well um so if you think about um perhaps how a lot of us have responded generally negatively to to lockdown over the recent months what are we doing we're eating more we're drinking more sometimes we're probably sleeping worse it has that physical response to us um and and obviously on the vice versa as well. When we're feeling happier and calmer, we generally are. You know, we are, we digest food better, we sleep better, we feel generally calmer. Um, and we know that that affects um, you know babies in pregnancy as well. That it's really important to try and keep that that stress level under control. Um, so being able to um, prioritize that time. When you can say, do you know what? I am going to, um, whether it's one evening a week, whether it's just 20 minutes, one morning, every every now and then regularly to be able to prioritize that time where you say, do you know what? I need to put aside time where I'm going to focus on my breath, pause, focus on the here and now, and not worry about tomorrow or next week or what's going to happen down the line it's really beneficial and really beneficial to do that incrementally in little snippets regularly rather than waiting until you're sort of a crisis point. Um, you know, often these are sort of, these sorts of techniques, sometimes people don't come to them until they've had to see their GP because they are struggling, you know, and, or they've gone through cognitive behavioral therapy It all works in the same way that with the way we're programming the mind to work. Um, so it's really important that you can do these little things regularly to help you, just just sort of keep on top of things we all need this little this little MOT regular you know
0: yeah I feel like it should be part of you know we make sure that we eat and we drink we should also then make sure that we're protecting our mind in that way as well Mm -hmm. and I am for sure guilty Rachel being one of those people that doesn't think about any kind of mindfulness until suddenly life feels a little bit stressful and a little bit overwhelming and I'm like now I'll do some mindfulness stuff. Yeah, like too- I, I can't practice <laughs> what I preach on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're really right, and actually, it's really valuable to make it part of your routine. And as I know that we'll demonstrate at the end of our chat today, is it doesn't have to be like this massive half an hour. It can literally be like ten minutes in the morning, or, or whatever. It's very, it's very feasible to actually implement it in our day to day life. Mm-hmm. I've tried to start um, waking up in the morning, and before I've let my mind start over all the things I need to get done that day it's just take a moment to think of three things that actually I'm really grateful for and I think that just helps keep us really grounded um, and trying to put to bed the kind of materialistic worries that we have and thinking actually I'm really lucky that I've got my health I've got my partner we've got a roof over our heads you know things like that yeah absolutely that can help just keep things in perspective I suppose mm,
1: yeah absolutely um, I think yeah we're all guilty of that we, you know just life's really busy and we've all got we're all juggling a million things at the moment but when you can just do take that 10 minutes or even even less you know i i yesterday i was dealing with a a, a meltdown My a three-year-old <laughs> my three-year-old <laughs> not someone else's um and i i just had to physically take a step back and just do focus on my breathing just take some some breaths and just think do you know what i just need to pause and let this be for a moment because this can go in one of two directions and I just need a bit of time and space and and breath um and it really does help if you can just remember to have those little things in your life they make a difference definitely definitely and I think
0: sometimes when when we're in this whirlwind or or treadmill of life it feels a little bit self-indulgent but it's totally a necessity isn't it for our our wellness and actually if we're in a better state of mind then we're a better person we're a better wife we're a better mum we're a better colleague and all those things and and anyone that listened to episode one of the podcast I had a um, mum of two young children on who was discussing kind of how she's coped during lockdown with the challenges she had two two children under two at that point and she said that sometimes when the house is chaotic, she'll just look out the window and stare at something and count to 10. So whether that's a bird or a fence post or whatever, but just kind of counting to 10 and just like regrounding your mind and then reapproaching the chaos that is two young children running around the
1: house. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully approaching it slightly differently.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully with a quieter voice and a
1: calm voice.
0: <laughs> and actually, everyone around you picks up on those um, vibes and those responses. And we said about um, in pregnancy, and we know there's loads of emerging evidence about the impacts on the growing baby inside the womb of having raised cortisol levels in mums. So cortisol is your like stress hormone. So when you're stressed, your cortisol levels... Um, arising but actually even even to people externally
1: they totally pick up on those vibes don't they if you're in that kind of stress or anxious state and what's more they give them off so i you know i always really like to have birth partners in on my courses as well um because of course if you've got a birth partner there who is pacing the room and really stressed and mum can be as zen as she likes you know really cool breathing and calm but you have somebody stressed in the room with you and we pick up on it, it really affects us. So, so yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it affects everyone around you. That's such a good point, isn't it? Because I feel like if we, if we can't do
0: mindfulness for
1: ourselves, maybe
0: we should do it for the people we live with. <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: help them out.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. But I love that self-indulgent comment that you made. It's so, it's so true that we would, we would think nothing of, saying right do you know what? i'm gonna have a salad for lunch because it's time i had some veg or do you know what i just need to cut down my chocolate a little bit because i'm, I'm just aware it's spiraling out of control i'm speaking for myself here um, <laughs> <laughs> but but exactly the same approach should be taken to to our mental health and we need to start looking at it more in the round in you know the fact that we would be focusing on our eating focusing on moving more focusing on getting some fresh air let's focus on our mental health as well and just do these little things that we can, just to keep everything ticking along nicely and, and under control, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like our little self-mind um, MOT, isn't it? That we can just make sure that, that we're coping with all the challenges for sure. Yeah. And so then I just wonder if we, on on the theme of oxytocin really and promoting that in a really positive way, um, I wonder if there's any way we can kind of get some little boost of that in our lives even when we are in this kind of physical isolation um that we are currently living in but if there's little tips and tricks and ways that people can can kind of boost that and and hopefully help their mood as a result
1: yeah absolutely so um i think a really good one is um that connection with others. I appreciate that we are restricted in how we can connect with with others, but there is still value in connecting virtually with people. And there is still value in if you can still get out to distance, uh, sorry, socialize distance, then there is still value in that as well. Um, So I think that's really important. We, of course, talked about, you know, the value of having someone to hug and having a birth partner there and things like that. Um, But even if you are living away from loved ones where you live on your own for instance there's still a lot that you can do in terms of get all those photos off your phone get them up around you you know we all live in a digital age but actually having those photos around you so you can see them will really help in terms of your environment um and in terms of if you think about you know like we talked about earlier, those things that we naturally seek out. There's a reason, for instance, we all we all like Christmas, the twinkliness of Christmas, the coziness of Christmas. Um, if you can think about incorporating those in your life. So is it, I, I saw this brilliant thing on social media, actually, right at the start of lockdown, back in April or sometime. Um, and someone put a post up saying, do you know what? Until uh, this is all over, my fairy lights are going back up and we're going back to Christmas. I love it. And I was like, That is brilliant. It's brilliant because we love it like it's so nice to have that lighting it's there's something magical about it and it, it is because it you know it connects with us on this sort of emotional level of oh it's just so lovely yes. And so all those things that you can do having a nicer environment around you makes such a difference so whether it is getting a new blanket for your sofa or some really lovely new scented candles or like lighting a log fire or putting up the Christmas lights whatever it might be <laughs>
0: That can make a real difference. You can be completely responsible now, Rachel, for all the Christmas trees going up in <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Encourage it all. <laughs> yeah, um, and then the other one I think is a really good one is music. So um, we, you know, how powerful music is. Like we've all got a song which makes us cry. We've all got a song which gets us on the dance floor like that instantly. Um, We've all got songs that connect us to a memory, that sort of put us back somewhere and make us think of a holiday or a party or whatever it might be. And so having a relaxing playlist, having a feel-good playlist, stuff that reminds you of really happy times can be really powerful. And I think that's a really good one as well to have, um, whether it's just playing in the kitchen or to be able to pop your headphones on and have some some chill time with with your favourite music.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Music affects your mood, doesn't it? Even if you just hear a good song, you automatically start smiling and, and feel better. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I love that. So that gives us, I guess, some ways that we can try and boost our oxytocin in our in our home. So enjoy getting your, your Christmas trees up early. But actually, women quite often will use fairy lights, won't they, in their birth environment. So it, it alludes back to those things that you might have incorporated um, in your environment, bringing that back into your home and definitely looking at your senses, I suppose. So your sight with our dim lighting. And um, your, your smell, so those nice um, fragrances, things like lavender that are lovely and relaxing or whatever makes you feel comfortable, your sound, so that's where we've got our, our music from, and then your your touch nice blankets and and hugs if that's something you can do at the moment and then taste because actually food can be a a massive comfort can't it and I guess it can go one of two ways in that we can maybe abuse it slightly negatively I know for sure when we first went into lockdown I suddenly went on a mad one baking cookies every single day and I'm not someone who bakes and it's not like I had any more spare time because I'm midwife so I was working like normal but, but there's something just comforting about some of that that food sometimes, isn't there? And that's okay
1: yeah absolutely i think you know it was the old cliche wasn't it that everyone was baking and making bread and all sorts of things um yeah there's a yeah there's a lot to be said for that because some people had more time on their hands but lots didn't lots of people had kids at home lots of people were still working um and so that yeah there's definitely a a a hunkering down doing homely things things that just make us feel good um and i think great if, if that makes you feel good then go for it you know you know As you said, we can abuse it, by all means, and I'm sure many of us have. But there is a lot to be said for just doing what makes you feel good. We are all getting through everything day by day. Um, And same with your pregnancy. You know, you have to take it day by day and think about what makes you feel good, makes you feel happy.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think sometimes when it comes to that kind of self-care and being kind to yourself, we really underestimate it. And I think sometimes, actually... To be fair to us all, in the age of current social media and with some of the journalism that's out there, no wonder we find it so hard. And one of my tips to all all pregnant women, or actually just anybody who's struggling in the current times, is to cull your social media feed. Because it can be so, so influencing, even without you really realising. So I recommend if there's anything that either doesn't make you feel good or sparks any kind of negative comparison, because we really shouldn't be comparing ourselves to anyone else. We're all individual. um, It's just unfollow those people or remove yourself from that particular group um, and just be a little bit careful about what you're enabling into your mind. Because like
1: you were saying, your mind is so connected to everything else that goes on in your body. Yeah, 100%. Um, and even you can extend that to people around you as well so the classic one with with birth is as soon as you get pregnant and as soon as you announce it everyone starts volunteering their terrible birth stories and just frightening the life out of you and actually you are a different person with a different history with a you are going to have a different birth yourself Um, and everyone is unique and actually it doesn't do you any favors to hear those awful stories it just fills you with fear um, so I always really encourage my clients to give themselves permission to protect themselves, to just say to whoever it might be, whether it's their mum or their sister or their friend or whoever, Do, would you mind just pausing that and can we talk about it after I've had my baby? Um, because you have to protect yourself and know what's going to help you and what, what isn't. Um, and yeah, so that's one that I really recommend as well. That's an amazing bit of
0: advice, Rachel, because why is it that everyone likes to share a negative story, don't they? Whether that's birth or a restaurant review or, or a hotel, people don't tend to celebrate the, the positives. You know, people are much more likely to leave a, a bad TripAdvisor review than that's they are a good one. Um, and it's exactly the same with birth, isn't it? So actually, there is hundreds of thousands of positive birth stories out there. But I can guarantee if you Google birth stories, the top three will be something, some sort of negative connotation associated,
1: won't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's just one of one of the things about our society, um, you know, the media likes to print sensationalist um news articles we you know it's just we just don't tend to talk about birth in a very positive light quite often people talking about it is for therapy reasons if they had a bad bad experience they want to talk about it for their own personal reasons um, and so it's really important to try and surround yourself with with positive stories with positive birth stories and videos um, so that you can see actually the really wonderful positive aspects of birth um, and not just hear all that negative stuff
0: Yeah, definitely. We've got to be so careful with we? What, we, what we allow ourselves to
1: consume. Mm, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: for sure. And as much as I am, um, I mean, pre-lockdown, I was absolutely a technophobe. And I'm starting to get used to technology. But actually, I think it's been a little bit of a lifesaver for lots of people in terms of being able to connect. Um, and actually make virtual support networks with with the right sort of resources and people and um, actually not underestimating the the amazing impact that having virtual support can can be, So whether that is other mums or or whatever. But I just encourage everyone to kind of keep it real, I suppose, because it's very easy to put up a square of perfection Mm. and, and actually forget about everything else that's going on in that and around that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I I love that point actually about connecting with other mums and things. There's so much out there now and it has, this has forced everyone online. Um, and so whilst, you know, some, well, most courses aren't running face to face, at least not group courses so much, but there is so much going on online. The positive birth movement has, um, online meetups, virtual meetups. There are, I've seen so much spring up in my, um, social media feed, um so the support is out there if you want to connect with other mums both locally and and anywhere in the country the, the support is out there it's, it's about you know looking for it and um and, and asking around because there's plenty there
0: yeah definitely definitely and actually it's, it's enabled lots of resources to kind of crop up so in terms of things like for mindfulness, we've got the like NHS apps and things that people can download, and it makes it just even more accessible, doesn't it? There's like, YouTube is like a whole new world in itself, and there's loads of kind of mindfulness or even little yoga flows if you find that that sort of relaxes your mind, moving your body in that way. There's so much material now, more than ever, that actually we can we can access, and it's it's a great time to embrace it. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely
0: amazing
1: so a little bit
0: about how I suppose we can continue to incorporate this into our everyday life and especially now more than ever Um, and a little bit I think that I like to add about this is trying to move your body and the way that that can really help your mind so even just going for a 10 minute walk around the block just getting that fresh air on your face um, and that change of scenery can I think be a, a massive game changer to boosting your your mind and your mental health that day
1: yeah definitely absolutely I've yeah it's been one of my um sort of challenges with young kids in some respects but also needs to get out every day um for some time um I've also been doing Pilates which um obviously I prefer it in the studio but it went online to zoom throughout you know throughout lockdown and just having that hour once a week of there's nothing else that I can think about other than focusing on what I'm doing with my body right now um is just so good mentally to just take that time out and I really didn't feel like it at the end of the day I was always exhausted and always whinging about it but when you actually do it it makes such a difference
0: Yeah, definitely. And then it releases those natural endorphins, doesn't it? Our nice, feel-good hormones. And it does really just set you up for a better day or a better night's sleep and things like that did you find you had a three-year-old hanging off your leg or did you manage to get time just to yourself? No, to your- generally
1: it was quiet occasionally I would hear you know a screaming baby in the distance <laughs> and my husband was trying to calm them but um but yeah no generally it's sort of it's quite sacrosanct and I think actually both my husband and I have been very respectful of that as he's a big runner and so he does lots of running and I'm like you, we have to preserve that. That's your time. He finds it very good for his mental health. Um, and so, the same, my hour of is He's like, that's your thing, and we will, we will get through it, and we will make sure that, that that happens. That's good.
0: That's amazing, and actually, that's how teamwork can be just incredible in this circumstance, especially if you have like like yourself, Rachel, got young children, and you're you're locked down in that home environment. Actually, having having each other's backs, I suppose, and and probably just communicating with each other and actually saying this is what I need to be able to get through this. This is what you need. Let's put our cards on the table and, and figure it out. And I think communication is massive. And I think when
1: we start to lose that, that's when everyone can get a little bit muddled. Definitely. And it's been tested to the max, hasn't it? You know, it's, it's been a real time of, right, well, if we're going to get, this, get through this, we need to work out what our non-negotiables are, what do we each need, and how are we going to make that happen for each other and for ourselves? definitely
0: definitely and it's having that bit of not not selfishness but maybe slightly but in a really good way and a really protective way is important isn't it
1: yeah definitely and you know and it's it's not selfish if it's the basics of, of what we need to get by and and, and then you know that the sort of mental health side of stuff the stuff that which we perhaps see as the softer side of life um is often the side which gets gets dropped when things get tough and actually it's the stuff that we really need and like I said earlier if we would never give up trying to eat healthy or trying to move. And so this this should be part and parcel of that.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I suppose for for anyone listening, is there any top tips, Rachel, that you could share in your experiences or link to your hypnobirthing um, tools and techniques that can help people to kind of incorporate the mindfulness in whatever way works for them really into kind of real everyday Family life or working life or whatever it might look like for them.
1: Yeah, so I I would say um, first of all that that perspective. Okay, you must see this as as important as your physical health. Okay, because if your mental health is suffering, your physical health is going to suffer as well. Okay, it's all as important as as one another, and so you need to start seeing this as a priority of where you're going to fit it in. Okay um my second tip is all about seeing what works for you okay try some stuff out see how you get on with it and if something's not working feel free to ditch it mindfulness mindfulness looks different to different people whether it is simply just learning to focus on your breath and take a deep breath sometimes whether it is um the movement side of things whether it is Simply having a bath every Tuesday night and playing a relaxation whilst you're in the bath, whatever it looks like for you, whatever you feel works for you. um, That's the important thing is finding out what actually works for you. Um, And I think my final tip really is little and often that point about not waiting until you are you know really at the end of your tether and then thinking right I'll go and have a spa weekend you know it's not about these big things um when we desperately need them it's about every every day or every couple of days however you can sort of pepper them throughout your week and thinking about right Friday night is going to be um I'm going to have an hour just sat talking to my partner or my best friend so that I can offload. And as I said, Tuesday night might be bath night where I'm going to light some candles and just have, a you know, half an hour for me um, and sometimes just focus on the present and maybe listen to a relaxation or listen to a really nice uh, music playlist. Um, so trying to get a routine into your week where you know that that is going to happen at that time, however long or short it is, Um, so that it doesn't just end up as another week's gone by without you being able to focus on yourself at all definitely
0: and that's a really nice point actually Rachel in that I think when we think of mindfulness we kind of think of um, sitting on a yoga mat with crystal balls and doing some kind of zen breathing and for some people that is exactly what works for them and that's brilliant you know crack on but actually for a lot of people it is those other things isn't it like you said having a bath you might not even think of that as a mindfulness thing but actually if you then incorporate that with real time to you so the doors close you've got that music on you've got your candles your favorite drink actually it becomes a form of mindfulness but you're also getting a daily bath in you know it's being hit into kind of kind of everyday life isn't it or yeah. and that's a face mask or or a call with a friend like you say it's it's those kind of things that maybe we don't even consider as mindfulness but actually we can incorporate them
1: absolutely yeah it doesn't have to be anything dramatic and I think. Um... This often comes back to to when you talk about hypnobirthing in a birth context that people think it's going to be this this weird or this dramatic thing. And it's not. It's all very simple. It's simple tools and techniques. You know, a simple breath, the breathing technique can be really calm, but something that fills up your lungs and is slow and deep and gives you a feeling of control and a long out breath. So you get a boost of oxytocin on that out breath can make all the difference.
0: Yeah, definitely. I always know that when I have a, a long shift at work, so if that's a day shift or a night shift, it's it's a, it's a long day. So by the time I get home, it's like food, shower, sleep, done. There's, there's no time for anything else. But I always get up 10 minutes earlier and I make myself a really nice fresh coffee and a really nourishing breakfast. And I just have 10 minutes where I just sit and think and enjoy that and then I know that whatever comes along that day I'm set up and ready for Mm. and I suppose that's about me even realizing it's been a a mode of mindfulness that I've adopted for years and years Um, just because I know that's what makes my body feel good and what's going to give me a better day but it's very much trial and error isn't it and finding what works for you
1: definitely definitely it's very personal
0: yeah yeah for sure Mm. And I'm so excited, Rachel, that you're going to be doing a relaxation with us on the podcast today. Um, and for our uh, people that have been listening and following the podcast, this is the end of um, season one of the podcast. And I thought given the current pandemic that we are still in, and um, we still don't seem to be getting out of anytime soon, it would be a really powerful tool for people to be able to use and adopt and just to start to explore the kind of relaxation techniques that we can use going forward so I'm really grateful that you're going to be introducing us
1: to that today. Thank you very much um so The relaxation that I was going to do with you today is called confidence in birthing, um, something which I think loads of women really lack. Uh, You know, we doubt our ability to give birth, even though it's something that's really, really innate and straightforward um, in terms of physiologically. Um, And so what I want you to do is just get comfy somewhere where you are going to be undisturbed, Somewhere where you can sit or lay comfortably so that if you drop off to sleep, then that's not a problem. You're not going to hurt yourself. Um, And somewhere where you can just focus on your breathing, focus on your baby, just focus on the here and now and listen to my words, okay? So if you want to close your eyes and just start slowing down your breath. This birthing relaxation designed specifically for you to begin to prepare for the birth of your baby in all the right ways, to connect with the power of your innate and natural ability to give birth, to anticipate with joy, to feel confident, to feel prepared, empowered and relaxed. So as you're beginning to feel comfortable now, you can just relax knowing that This is a little bit of quiet time, just for you. For you to have the space to gather some good things, the right resources, and all the right things for you. And you know that you don't even have to try to relax. That's right, it will happen all by itself. Just on its own. As you allow my voice to just drift in and drift out, knowing that even as your mind drifts off, that's okay because part of you is always listening. And isn't that nice to know? So let's begin with closing your eyes if you haven't already done so. As you're aware of your breathing now, each in-breath, and each out-breath gives rise and fall of the chest. As you pay attention to this breathing in this way, it's easy to imagine, isn't it, that with each in-breath you can breathe in a pure white light. And you can be curious to notice with each in-breath where this pure white light goes to parts that need it most, these parts, those parts, white light dissolving all tension and the parts that just allow themselves to let go now. You can notice the tension, letting it all go on the out breath, sinking down and away. That part of you that relaxes and flows with the slow out breath. Which you could notice is slightly darker in colour. Making way for your new breathing in of white light. Taking some time just to allow this to travel to the parts of you that need it now. Breathing in white light. Even more relaxed breath, breathing out all tension, breathing in white light, long out breath, breathing out, slowing your breathing deeper now, breathing in white light, breathing out all tension. Breathing in, breathing out, letting go. And as long as you continue to breathe in this way, there is one thing that's important for you to know. And that is that you don't have to pay conscious attention to my voice. Because continuing to breathe this way means you're becoming even more and more deeply relaxed. And this means that a part of you is always listening. Your unconscious mind continues to listen. That wise part of you that makes all the beautiful alterations, the little differences that really do make a difference. Because isn't it the differences which make the difference? That's right. So you can just let your mind drift off now and allow any passing thoughts to just pass through, leaving them behind an even deeper sense of comfortable calm and stillness in space and time. And you can drift off now to find yourself resting in your own unique place, that special safe place place where you can just be. Nothing matters here. You don't have to do anything. Nobody wants or needs anything. This is just some special time for you. (coughs) And if your mind wanders off somewhere, you can just allow that to happen because you'll absorb everything that's useful for you. That's right. You'll just allow yourself some time to enjoy your growing sense of rightness here. That's right, because here, dreams merge with reality. Perceptions bend and flex to open up new possibilities you never even dreamed possible, are possible. And as reality flies with time and dreams sweep into reality, so perceptions change. You might find that here, the right changes for you always fall effortlessly into place. So as you continue to breathe in this way and rest here, deeply relaxed in your own special place, it's good for you to know that from this moment on, you can continue to choose to surround yourself with positive stories, positive birth experiences. Seeking out only those which are empowered, calm, or fully own their own beauty and sacredness in time and space. It's good to be fully aware that media in print and on screen only ever show the drama, because drama sells, and that's not useful for you. So as you avoid those and continue to collect your own positive birth stories. You can seek out positive birth stories, watching gentle birthing videos, reading empowering birth stories, and well-meaning people who may want to tell you their birth story. Those ones which you know are not useful to you. Anytime you notice this happening, you can recognize for yourself That has no purpose for you, and it's an important understanding for someone to know that those stories, the non-useful ones, they are often told as a means of catharsis or personal release. Since that's not useful inside your changing perceptions of your own upcoming birth experience, you can either say out loud or inside, whichever you're most comfortable with, Thank you, and I recognise that that story is not useful towards ensuring my upcoming empowered birth experience. And your unconscious can just let that moment go as it provides the opportunity for you to realign fully towards your practice for a positive and empowering experience as you're experiencing now. And you may be aware of the existence of your own birthing space, your very own space appearing, emerging, or even developing further now. Notice what's new each time you visit here, holding your own space, in time and space, where the birthing of your beautiful baby takes place. The space where you birth the way you choose, Your decisions are respected. You always have a say, your voice fully heard, being fully supported, preciously heard and understood by those who understand your wishes. Those who love and share this special and wonderful event. Others in your birth space, subtly sense an awareness of your conscious and unconscious power. You're confident, confidence as a birthing mother means that you are respected. This is your birth, your birth space. You know you have the power to choose what happens in this space. You own it fully and completely. Because during your day to day, as you continue to enjoy your pregnancy, In the same way that you're preparing for the arrival of your precious baby, at the same time, you're also preparing the space in which birthing takes place. Filling this space with all the right preparations. Beginning and continuing to gradually develop and complete your ideal birthing wish list inside. Tailor-made to fit within you perfectly, without... Through and underpinning, putting things in place, organizing, arranging, preparation, so it's all exactly to your needs and values. And it's good, isn't it, to have a deep knowing that when you enter this space, you're right, right to know your rights, because some people say knowledge is power. This means you have the confidence to have control over any decision which arises. You see your right to be aware of your rights, to just make sure you have all the knowledge you need to support you, to support your birthing body in this space. And support is important, isn't it? It's always good to have support. Someone who's fully here and there hearing you so as you allow them to enter the space you can simply show them around proudly let them know how they can best support you in this space familiarize yourself with the space together confident that your wishes are completely supported fully understood by all those who need to know Each time you visit this birthing place, this sacred event, you can notice new things, new resources you've embedded in this place since the last time you visited here. Picture yourself now, completely calm, relaxed and in control, in your space where you are fully supported. Only the things you decide to happen, happen here. Because when the time comes and your baby signals it's nearly time to meet you you can enter this well prepared space comfortably with confidence that you can recall from all those times when you have felt completely self-assured you're confident you know you know what you're doing you can scan for and gather one of those times now to bring this confidence into the now that as you recall these times, you're doing all the right things. Learning knowledge, understanding development, developing your understanding of ways to go deeply inside, development of new techniques. So your continuing growth in confidence over the course of your pregnancy means that you know that when the time comes and your baby signals it's time, You can just locate your power and where it sits within. And you are this confident woman. You who knows where this strength, this confidence sits deeply rooted within. It's easy, is it not, to grow a feeling of confidence if you know what you're doing now. And I don't know where confidence begins or where it goes to first. Any particular colour, frequency, size, texture, inside, within, without, throughout and outside too. Fill your space outside and beyond your birthing space. Protect, projecting a confidence like this towards your birthing companions. Supportive companions observe, absorb your confidence to feel mirrored back to you now doubling your experience of confidence now as you begin to make these sensations even stronger, even brighter, bigger, louder. And now, moving it to somewhere you can find in an instant, make friends with this part of you, integrate this part with you, taking your power, your confidence into the space because you've prepared even at the deep unconscious level Unleashment of power to fill, to spread, to create your safe, empowering birthing space, which belongs completely to you now. And you can be curious about what your choice of birthing this way can deliver. Calm, empowered pride, beautiful intensity, growing joy, and ultimately, your beautiful baby. When there comes a time in the future, as you and your baby continue to get to know each other, you can look back, recall your birthing day and feel proud and empowered. And some people like you might describe their own births as being powerful, primal, euphoric, empowering, precious, beautiful, And as you hold your new baby, you too can hold this birthing day. And a time and space which developed way back, right now, delivering a precious memory which each time you took returns a sense of power, empowerment and precious memories to keep and treasure. And sometimes when you revisit this gift, you'll say, it was amazing, it belongs to me to us, and you can carry this with you from now to always. In a moment, I'm going to count from one to five, and on the count of five, you can be completely back. Beautiful feelings flowing through your body, calm, peaceful thoughts flowing through your mind, a maintenance of this comfortable, relaxed state of confidence and calm, And knowing that beneficial changes have and are continuing to happen right now. So one, noticing more awareness in the sensations of your fingers. Now two, three, just stretching out. Four, comfortable physical feeling. And five, opening your eyes if you haven't already done so. Feeling good and filled with confidence and calm about the upcoming birth of your baby.
0: Wonderful! Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Rachel. I feel like I could just have a nice little nap now. I don't really. That's want to the idea. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to get on with the rest of my day. But I I really hope that that helps some, uh, expectant mums out there who are perhaps struggling a little bit with. Um, the world as it is really with coronavirus and the pandemic just to have a little a little moment to feel really relaxed and in control and confident and actually give them a I guess a little bit of a taster into the principles of hitting the birth and how their birth experience hopefully will and should feel for them I hope so Rachel, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I'm really, really grateful for your time and for the work that you're doing to help support women in their birth journeys.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And if anyone wants to
0: seek out any of Rachel's resources or uh, hypnobirthing courses, then all of her details will be linked in the bio of this podcast. So you can head over um, and have a little look at what Rachel is offering.
1: Thank
0: you very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, then please hit subscribe and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference to the number of women we can reach out to and empower. For daily free information, inspiration, or details on our bespoke antenatal education, head over to my Instagram page at midwife underscore pip. Thank you.